Welcome to today's episode of Fire in the Belly. This is where we get to hear some pretty inspiring stories from some amazing people. You know, it's always an absolute pleasure to sit down, take time out and have a warts and all conversation about their journey. I'm always intrigued by what it's taken for people to get to where they are today. And hopefully in this interview, we get to hear some more about that. From this, my mission is to help people to find their own fire in their belly. And from that, to live the mightiest version of you. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Hello and welcome to Fire in the Valley. Today we have myself, Mighty Pete, and we're joined with Ashley Tier. Good afternoon, Ashley. Good afternoon, Pete. I am ecstatic to be here. Thank you. Gosh, that's a, that's a great start to the day. So Ashley, tell me, who are you and what do you do? Oh, this is a mouthful. Okay, so my name is Ashley Tier. I am a spiritual medium. I am a clinical hypnotherapist, I'm a healer of negative self-beliefs, I'm an inspirational speaker, and I just love empowering people and guiding people in a way to try and sort of recognize their own sovereignty. So that was a lot, but yeah. <laughs> Ooh, explain that sovereignty, that's a big one. Sovereignty. So sovereignty to me sort of means your own self-governance and recognizing your own power and not having anybody's rules or restrictions or conditions put upon you it's like you know when people speak of sovereignty they speak of royalty but it, to me it's all about self-governance okay cool i look forward to getting into this one now it's going to be interesting so tell me what is what does fire in the belly mean to you ashley so fire in the belly i mean the obvious thing to say would be passion but you know i actually believe that it, it is more than that it to me fire in the belly is an absolutely unshakable self-belief in in yourself in your mission you know there's nobody that can pour water and put out the fire it's uh you know that fire will burn no matter what so um to me it's all about ironclad self-belief well love it that's um just another interest do you think everyone has fire in the belly everybody has the potential yeah but yeah. you know say for example with that fire there could be it, it is that it, it's you need to get uh, that ever ever burning fire to, to where that self-belief is that you have it for example i do believe that people you know people do get water poured on their fire people may have you know just um, like simmering embers down there and it just takes somebody to come over and help possibly or guide where that fire can build a, a, and burn because again layers conditions different things people family places society etc can dampen that fire but everybody has it for sure that's great i love that thank you so take us right back where are you from talk about your family you're born etc Okay, so we'll go right back, go we'll back to the beginning. So I am the youngest of four children. So uh, my mother and father, you know, I'll just sort of, I'll briefly dip in and out of, of bits from my childhood, but my father left when I was three years old. So, you know, I do come from more, obviously the quintessential broken, broken uh, household. And my dad left when I was three years old and he, um, raised another family, another step family. My mother has uh, rapid cycle bipolar. So, you know, she has quite a, um, quite a bad 
for want of a better expression, mental illness. So as the youngest there, um, you know, I did have to go through a lot of different things. You know, there was neglect of your your um, emotional needs, mental needs, physical, every kind of neglect. And, you know, there's every kind of abuse you can sort of imagine. So growing up in that house, that kind of a household. And one thing I would like to just even start with, I don't blame my mother. I don't blame my father. I forgive them. I do believe that everybody, they were... They tried their best and you know the funny thing is people you know because obviously I've went to my whole story when I got older and I will not obviously open up anybody's business when I got older and I found out things that had happened in say my mother and father's past that I didn't know about I must have been 32 a couple of years ago and it just for me to not that I was carrying big resentments but uh, you know there was niggles and resentments there but when I heard things shall we say secrets it just really opened my mind it opened my heart I had such compassion for my parents because I found out things that really clicked in the understanding with me so anyway well that's what I'd like, like to say about that about mom and dad love them they're fab um but it was it was it was a bumpy ride okay so Going through my uh, primary school, my primary school days, well, primary school and secondary school, uh, I was severely bullied. I was always felt lonely, isolated, um, numb, the outsider. And that was to do with, you know, I was bullied, intimidated in school because I was the weakest link. I was, you know, because of my appearance, because we weren't, you know, being properly looked after. I was the child that wouldn't speak, extremely shy, would always be picked on, you know, people. Um, and, and I was actually off school quite a lot. You know, I mean, I remember I didn't go to school for months at a time, months, and trying to reintegrate back into, you know, people that are firm friends. I used to get bullied by, you know, teachers' comment. Obviously, I'll not give names, but when I then would come back to school, the teacher would say, oh, he decided to show up today. When I believe, like I work in a school as well, I work in a nursery school, and when I see, you know, we the younger children, they're just trying their best. I wouldn't dream of saying something like that. But then again, we're we're in a whole new era, we're in a whole new time. Thank goodness. Um, but it was it was it was rough going, and uh, same thing in in, in uh, secondary school. No confidence, so shy, panicked. My face would go red. Speaking to people, I would get picked on. And that was to do with me, obviously, having no value, no worth. And uh, like I've, I know we've spoke before, um, Pete, and you, you would know what sort of bits of my story, but I will just lightly touch on things. Um, because I, I want to be honest and I want to be real because, you know, I work a lot with people with mental illness and I want people to know you can get better, you can find a way. So when I was nine years old, because it was just, you know, my mom just had so many emotional things going on. Dad was there. I was very responsible from a very young age because I had to be. Uh, that when I was nine years old, I had a suicide attempt because, you know, even that young, uh, you know, I just felt like there was nothing worth living for. Life was just miserable. Thank goodness, you know, that uh, I was able to go to the hospital and, and I was okay. But... One thing I would like to highlight there was, you know, there was no questions asked. There was no, nothing happened. I mean, nothing happened. I mean, nurses, doctors, whoever treated me, 
just I just got sent home. You know, we, we live in a completely different time now, but you know, I'm viewers gonna be listening to this Pete may have been through, hopefully not, but may have been through similar things. But I'm just for me these days a lot of things have changed. I'll go into that after. But anyway, I moved on to the age of 15, I met, uh, I met uh, an, older, an older guy and I moved out straight away. I was like, wow, somebody showing me a bit of attention, you know, somebody, um, you know, show me a, a bit of care and that's not something I'd ever received before. So I moved out, uh, I got pregnant quite quickly. I had a baby boy who sadly passed away. Uh, I then had another suicide attempt and then I got pregnant and I have a beautiful daughter who's 17 this month. And, uh, you know, I'll even condense bits here. Uh, let me see. I, I will take responsibility for how I behaved in that relationship, my first main relationship. My daughter, I was insecure. I was twisted up inside. I didn't know how to be in a proper relationship. Um, Oh, I have so many negative feelings and, and things swirling around within me. And anyway, so I was like this, jealous and secure and all this. And if I was like that, my partner at the time was a lot worse. So these two together clashed. And it was just chaos. And it was chaos for a lot of years, you know, emotional blackmail, uh, you know, good, you know, the police being phoned back and forth and non-molestation orders and just just not getting along, a personality clash. So I was able to end that relationship um, with much um, trouble, but anyway, able to end that relationship. And then I moved on to, and you know, when I look back, I just find it so hard, so hard to see how I could not see it, but I was so blind. I was, you know, in denial and I was very blind. So. I then met another guy who had the same name and the same characteristics as the previous. But that's just say this guy was a lot worse. To me, you know, I'll go into what I, when I look back in hindsight of what sort of the universe was, was sort of doing. Given me the first lesson, I did not learn my lesson with, you know, how I behaved in that previous relationship, but also how I let myself be treated. So the next relationship, it was like, well, I'll give you the same kind of characteristics in a person with the same name, silly that you can't see, but we're going to crank it up and we're going to crank up the heat, shall we say, of what goes on here. And let's see if you see. So anyway, uh, so the universe was really saying to me, right, let's crank up the heat. Let's see if you're going to get it this time. So anyway... I didn't get it. I was in complete denial. And, you know, because I would like to share a wee bits of this because, you know, Pete, domestic violence is quite prevalent. And, you know, if I can share a wee bits to try and, you know, help other ladies, even men, where, where the, the warning signs are, then I'm happy to do that. So. Can I ask, sorry, Ashley, what, what age were you at this time? I was, let me see, 10 years ago. It was, I remember it was 2008. Trying to count back to 12 years ago, but were 20. What age you now? 34. Cool. Uh, do you know what? Even better, Pete. I can't count. <laughs> it was 2008. All your viewers watching, you, you know, I don't have maths. I'm good at other things, but maths isn't one of them. So it was 2000. Let me try and count back. It was 12 years. 22. I'm 22. Right. So to me, you know, 
met this guy, he had the traits, but they were turned up. I mean, full notch. And this is, you know, a wee bit I would like to share about that. I want to go into more detail with. I'm so sad when I look back and think of that person who was delighted that somebody was, uh, seemed to be uh, infatuated with me, very intense, very, um, I wouldn't even say charismatic, I would say very manipulative. You know, he did all these lovely little things, but they, they were manipulated. There, there was a, an ulterior motive to try and, you know, um, buy, you know, by my trust with the with the, the pleasant things that he would do, but extremely controlling, extremely, you know, there was, there was violence and, and things that happened. But what I want to say is everybody, like I said, everybody has potential. Everybody has that fire in their belly and everybody innately has their own inner guidance system and it's called intuition. Now, mine was screaming at me not only my friends and family saw what was going on, just the intensity of he wouldn't let me out of the site everywhere I went and with phone constantly. And they all told me, they all said, he might seem charming on the on the surface, but, you know, this guy's oh, it's not good. They all knew. I knew myself, but I was like, oh, they're jealous or, you know, they don't want me to be happy. You know, I'm looking back going, my goodness. It's like, how stupid can you be? But... From my childhood, I look back and I understand why. But so my own inner inner guidance system was telling me, right, he's hit you once, warning sign, red flag. If he's hit, if he's hit you once, if he's threatened to take your, he's threatened to take your life already. We knew the guy a few months. Then there's much worse to come. And I'm so sad to say that I didn't respect myself enough to just say no. I want better for myself. You know, and the saddest thing I look back on is, because I've, I've done a live video on this before, Pete, is the first time that this second one hit me, I remember thinking, right, so he's hit me. You know, hit me, you know, ugh, a roundhouse kick. And this guy was, a, he's an ex-soldier. And, um, and I remember thinking to myself, this wasn't something small, this was something big. and. Uh, Okay, so if I stay with this guy, I okay, and I just went, I'm just gonna stay with him. I don't care if he hits me because what he's given me and what he's showing me, better, you know, the intensity, the attention, he's telling me he loves me, you know, all this that my my needy self in there needed and wanted that so much that I just went, right, I'll just live a life where I'm hit. And it's so sad for me to look back that I had such a low opinion of myself that I was willing to put up with that, but I was. And again, the inner guidance system, I remember he phoned, you know, we, we'd split up and he phoned me and he said, um, if you don't give me another chance, I'm, I'm, I will kill you or whatever. And I remember going, um, right, okay, yes, yes, I'll give you another chance to put down the phone. I mean, even if the threat hadn't been there, my whole entire body and system was screaming at me, don't do it, get out, make an exit plan, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I just went, no, I'm not listening. So, you know, and, and people say, and this is what, what I would like to interject with as well. People say, why doesn't she just leave? Or, you know, what, what is just being hit? Like, what you don't understand, see if somebody comes from a broken home or has such negative beliefs about themselves, that's the problem. 
if they are willing to, to put not only themselves, but their child or children at risk in a household like that, there's more going on. You know, fear of repercussion of what they'll do if you leave, because that's also a problem. But anyway, you know, um, I'll just slightly dip on the last bit, because this is where the spirituality and things sort of start to turn around is, Pete. There was um, the sad night in question. You know, we, we'd been split up and this guy had been stalking me and, and whatever. And I was, I'll just break it down to, I was held against my will. This, this person nearly took my life. And I was really panicked and afraid. I didn't know what to do. You know, I was trying to say anything to, you know, keep my wits about me. Um, anyway, I ended up saying the wrong thing, you know, in the eyes of this person. But I then had a voice and the voice came to me and told me exactly what to do to get out of this situation with my life. Say this, do that, say this, do that. And I was, you know, in my, it was so strange because I had like two completely different things going on. I was aware of my consciousness and how much I was panicked and didn't know what to do. And I was going to do something else, shall we say. And then I had this other voice, this softer voice, this, this current voice came and said, say this, do this, say this, do this. And I honestly believe that that higher power, that voice saved my life. Like that is my belief. No, nobody could tell me any different because what I was going to do was something different. And to me, I wouldn't have got out of there sort of with my life. So what happened there was this guy, you know, we went, we went to court and, you know, 10, I went to 10 different court cases. So people don't, it's, it's very hard to understand because when I had to go through all that trauma and all those systems, there was so many different, um, what's the word, so many different charges against the person. And I had to go so many different times for like different charges or we can't see you this day if they come in a few months. And it was so traumatic, but I ended up being able to sort of move through all of that. But in my mind, I went, what was that? What was that voice? Who was that voice? You know, that saved my life. But to be honest, up until then, I had never... I had never had any experience like that because, you know, people will say, okay, you're a psychic medium, spiritual medium, intuitive, whatever. Either, well, you are or you aren't, or because I'll get into more. There's a college you can go to in England and um, to, to train and to study and develop your sort of innate gifts. And people say, well, how can you go and train to do it? Well, well, here's how it is. You know, we all, I believe each and every person has this ability. It's you can choose to when you're a child. You look, I don't have any stories about, oh, I've seen people at the bottom of my bed and this happened and that happened. No, mine's just more of was more on what I would call a level of being like a very sensitive child, being an empath. So an empath is somebody who would connect in with other people's emotions. So if I walk into room and I'm happy and there's somebody there and they're really sad, I'll instantly feel really sad. Do you know, that's how I was as a child, and that is one of those sensitive kind of gifts so anyway i didn't have anything like that but you know moving forward this is gifts that you can sort of open up and work with and we all have them because society friends family society conditions you out of it and you know what you're being conditioned out of you're being conditioned out of your creative thinking 
your your willing or your, your ability to think outside the box, your innate sort of other senses where, you know, I've actually had conversations with, I'll be standing talking to somebody, um, uh, you know, an example. I'll get more into my work life as well because it ties in. I had always worked, because of all this stuff going on with me and life was chaos, I always worked in really low-paid menial jobs. And I don't have anything against those. I've done them. But I was I would always end up getting fired from them. And I don't think, you know, why is that? Am I that stupid? I am getting like fired from most menial jobs. And that really took a hit on my self-confidence, my self-worth, my self-concept. Everything was affected by that. So um, there was all of those elements. And let me see. Another thing I would like to get into, when I, was, when I had ended the first relationship uh, with my daughter's uh, father, that's when, because I forgot to even say, right there, um, that's whenever I had this, this sort of relationship with, you know, I, I experimented with um, drugs and I also um, discovered alcohol. And actually then through all of that stint of my entire 20s, um, I just had a real drink problem, like uh, I did. I would go to work whatever days I was at work, and I mean from the minute I stopped work, I would drink for the next two, three days straight. Whenever my daughter was at, um, you know, her ex or my ex-partners. And I, you know, I mean waking up in, in the morning and just starting to drink and going out and trying to bump into people for a chat. It was all very bizarre. But it, to me, it was all, when I look back, it's obviously like a cry for help. Do you know, why do you feel, in the, why does a person feel the need to get up in the morning and start drinking and get dressed and go out for walks in the hope of bumping into people? Uh, you know, I just, it's very sad. I'm very sad when I look back on, on things like that. But I'm sorry, actually getting back around to the point about the, you know, about the spirituality and the natural intuitive ability that we all have. Whenever, because this is where it was going, I'd always been in these low-pay kind of jobs, and I was in this other job, and it was a daycare, and, and you know, I had this ex-boss who was like a tyrant, very domineering, very um, controlling, and, and, and rude. Anyway, I remember when she would be talking to me, right? So we would be having a conversation, and she would be telling me one thing, and I had a voice in my head would say, "She's lying. She's lying. She's lying." So clearly, whenever she would accuse me of things, and I know I didn't, I knew I didn't do them. It was all quite bizarre, but it was about her exerting her control and putting people down. And then she would say that other people had said things about me. And as she would be talking to me, looking me directly in the eye, the voice would be saying to me, she's lying, she's lying. And I would just go, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, but how do you say it? Because I was so... um I was so shy, I was, you know, panic-stricken, I was very bullied in that job, that, you know, even though I knew this person said would be lying, I didn't feel like I had the strength to do anything about it. But anyway, um, so as you can tell, you know, if I look back and recap on that, there was so much going on, there was so much trauma. You know, if we, if we think about my self-belief at that point, it was non-existent. I um, and I was told, told by, you know, these ex-partners or, you know, people, I was stupid, I was ugly, I was fat, you know, I was a disappointment. 
And that was that was what I was conditioned with. That was what I was always told. That's what I believed about myself. So my self self concept, well, I didn't really have one. And you know, I'll get into where you know the pivotal point where things started to change for me was about uh, you know a, a reading that I had. But just before I go there. I want to go back to, because, you know, there is the sort of domestic balance and I know that, you know, it is kind of widespread, horribly enough. You know, if anybody wants to seek, you can contact Women's Aid because, you know, I'm not sure of the number of the details, but if you look that up, I actually went to Women's Aid and they were such a fantastic help to me. They were, they were amazing. So I would go for like these weekly uh, sessions, they're like group sessions. And, you know, with other women and we would all go and they were very supportive and they had me like, a, yeah, I had a care plan. So I would highly recommend Women's Aid if, if, if anybody needs that service. I, I speak, you know, I had a fantastic experience with them. And this is where, because there's, you know, there's two different things here that sort of go forward with me, Pete. And one is obviously the whole spiritual aspect, but the other one is personal development. Now, when I went to Women's Aid, what I, you know, I haven't really en entered the realms of counselling per se, but this was like group counselling or group sharing. And I was sitting one day and there was, basically it's like, because I also have a big interest in psychology. And there was one of the weeks that they said there's something called Jahari's window. And, there, you know, to me, it's like looking outside the box, thinking outside the box. And I never really come across things like this before. And when I did, it was just absolutely, it opened up a whole new world for me. And the first one, it, it was something like um, Jahari's window. It's four different stages and how you view yourself, how others view you, et cetera, et cetera. So one would be, you know, what, what you know about yourself to be true and what others know about you, right? So an example of that I would say about yourself, is that I'm a mother. I know I'm a mother. Other people know that I'm a mother, right? And then there's something called, you know, your blind spots. And that's what's, what other people know about you, but what you can't see for yourself. So, you know, what other, uh, the example there would have been, people would have, I would know I'm in a relationship, but other people, you know, with, with the guy, um, the, the valid one, the second one. So I would have knew I was in a relationship. But the others around me would have saw that I was in a relationship that was very, you know, not, I knew it was violent, but, you know, I was in a very bad relationship and, you know, that it was only going to, you know, end and it, it, it was only going to end badly. So that was my blind spot because I was in denial. I, I couldn't see that. And then there's all of the, these other sort of things overlap. And there is, you know, what others think they know about me, but what I, I can see from others. So that would have been my true and real feelings. And then there's the last one is what I don't know and what others don't know about me. But to me, that last one is more like the spiritual aspect and when that sort of comes in, because it's a whole different power that you can sort of merge with. So where am I? Uh, I've got up. So that sort of started off my interest in, you know, okay, look at yourself personal developments, you know, things like that. I'd never done that. It was all just numb yourself with alcohol, just have a really bad view of yourself, just try and, you know, move forward, you know, in a very um, low opinion of yourself, very detrimental way. And, you know, I'd shared my story before. One thing I sort of wasn't realizing, but I look back on now is 
I would wonder why am I always in, from I was very young, these really difficult relationships. I, I couldn't understand. It was like, you know, personal develop, personal relationships and also work relationships and relationships with family. And they were always difficult or chaos or where the person would bully me, manipulate me or intimidate me and make me feel really, really low about myself. And you was bullied in school and things. And, and I just didn't understand. Well, I was like, why? What, what is it? I don't get it. And then what I was seeing was I was emanating, not that I knew it at the time, emanating, I'm a victim. I'm a victim. And moving forward, I was obviously able to work on myself and remedy that, and that has changed. But, you know, you, for people who will always think, well, life's always going to be this way, or why is life so difficult? Why does everything always seem to go wrong? What I'm saying is when you have a real look at this, at these things, there is things that you can do. There's processes, there's exercises to change your view of yourself, to alchemize your emotions, to, to change them from, you know, the, the alchemizing emotions is more about changing, you know, they say the quintessential change and lay the gold, but on a spiritual level, that's changing. If I felt jealous, insecure, insignificant, not worthy, it's changing those to become worthy to knowing you have um, something to say in the world, to being confident, all of these different things. So that's a bit of, of the back view with the personal development. I will get into that sort of a bit more. Um, I want to go to the sort of the, the, pivotal, the pivotal moment that changed my life, my view of the world. And I think I was around about 27 years old. So I'd, I'd also try to do a wee bit there of, you know, I love psychology. I love studying people. I love studying my reactions, my reactions to people. And I just want to go into then. So I've done that wee bit of work on myself, but I was still, I was nowhere, I was nowhere near, say, for example, where I am today. And when my grandmother passed on and I loved my grandmother she was like one of the main people when I was a child growing up that was there for me so she passed away when I was um say around about 27 years old and I went okay I'm gonna give this a word I'm gonna go and see a medium so I went and saw uh booked in and I went and saw a medium and you know what she told me in that region Nobody had ever, uh, you know, what she told me was my grandmother came through and, you know, she gave me correct information there, but she also gave me what is called a psychic reading. Now, that is a reading where she reads my past, present, and possibilities and probabilities for your future. And I didn't know what that was. So anyway, she gave me that as well. And she told me things that I had only ever thought in my mind. And I was like, how is this, how is this lady doing this? This is, you know, what, I was completely blown away. But what she also told me in the reading was, you could be, you could work with children, you could write books, you could become a counsellor, you could become a psychic medium. And I was looking at her like, and she said to me, and you're a leader. And I was like, nobody said, nobody ever said anything like that to me. So I was just kind of like, but she's got all this other stuff correct. I was like, 
that was it, light bulb, eureka moment. There's something here. I need to look at this. I want to look at this a bit further because if she's telling me that I can focus and put my energy into something creative rather than destructive, which is what I had been doing. Now, she didn't tell me what to do, but she gave me enough where I, that was like a wee spark. We were talking about the, the embers of the fire there. Well, that was the spark that I needed and that lit something in me. And I just went, right, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do something about this now. So from that, basically that time forward, I started meditating every day. I, I still to this day meditate for an hour every day. That is my spiritual practice. That is my connection to the divine. You know, I won't miss it. I'm, I'm very dedicated. I, I went to retreats. I went to certain classes. I went to the Arthur Finley College in uh, Stansted over in England. And yes, there is a college where you can go to study to to um, develop and unfold yourself. And it's it, it's it's just pure magic. It is like Hogwarts. It's like a boarding school. You go and you stay. And and I did that for years. For I say on and off, not on and off. Every year for the past seven years, and I would just research so much and listen to audio books, podcasts, everything about spirituality, and. Another thing I would like to say about it is, I sort of would really love people to understand this. It is not all about readings. It is not all about going out and doing events, which I do, you know, I have uh, been a part of. It is about opening up your own innate power, your own innate uh, capabilities. Your, you know, for me, if anybody wants to sort of get in the flow with this kind of energy, I don't care what your occupation or your career is. It will be a benefit to yourself. And the, the other thing is, you know, I am a, a spiritual medium. I am an intuitive. There's so many more facets to this that you could even know, Pete. It's like philosophy. Philosophy is a big thing. Inspirational speaking, poetry, all of these creative expressions because everybody has been so conditioned to be very logical and to do things this way and be in a box from society. And when you get out of that box, there's no putting you back in it. You know, there is an, there's an element of freedom that just comes with it and an element of your, your own spirit and your own self beginning to evolve. So there's so many more things there. Uh, and let me see. Was there anything you? I mean, there's other bits of the story. Is there anything you want to ask me, Pete, or are we going to do that after? I'm aware that I've been dominating here. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. Tell me, what can you just describe what intuition means to you? So, intuition means to me, it's that you know, it's that quintessential gut feeling. You know, most people I know a good. 90% of people, if I know, if I ask them an honest question, which would be, have you ever had a time in your life where you've had to make a decision and you were going to pick one decision, you were going to go one way, but you talked yourself out of it in your mind, your whole body, your whole senses were telling you to go one way, but you went the other and it was the wrong route, it was the wrong choice. And you, okay, there's learning in that. You did say, for example, you were learning that. But have you ever had an experience like that where your, your body and your senses, your inner senses were telling you, do this, but you did something else? I think 
everybody, you know, the majority of people I would speak to would say that they've experienced that. So it's that kind of essence and energy that you're wanting to build and work with, basically. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, I think, as you say, a lot of people have had that, that feeling. Yeah. Just before we get into it, fully, describe what, what is psychic? And what is, uh, what is mediumship? Okay, so psychic is, so if I was to have somebody, um, if I was to read for somebody, I, I particularly use angel cards. So I'm working with an energy and a sense where I will be able to tap into because saying this I am not trying to change anybody's belief systems I'm not trying to offend anybody if other people are say for example very religious I respect you I completely respect you and I would just ask for that respect back again you know this is what I do you know if you do that we're all okay anyway so I would psychic would be where my soul would be if you came, for example, to see me for sitting and I would connect in with your soul the way that the medium did with me years ago. Now, the psychic reading is you can tap into, so if, if somebody was sitting in front of me, I might suddenly get a feeling of overwhelming sadness. You know, when I look back at their past cards, I might pick up things, whether, um, say, for example, they've been through a terrible relationship, if they've lost a child, whatever it may be. But I will briefly feel those experiences as if they're my own, right? So it's like you're connecting in with the aura and the energy. And, you know, on a scientific level, it's you're connecting in with that person's electromagnetic field, which is also known as the aura. And it's also through intention, like it, later on in the end, I'd like to get into intention. Uh, that deserves a bit more to go into because it's like the, the, the most powerful force in the universe. But I'll go into that a bit more. Psychic is so then I will I've connected him with the pers person's aura. It connects into your aura, your electromagnetic field holds everything that has ever happened to you, things that are happening with you at that present time and possibilities and probabilities for your future. But what I would say there is nobody's future is set in stone. Nobody's. You know, with that, with the, the psychic medium that I went to see, she didn't tell me, you have to be a psychic medium, you have to be a counsellor, you have to be an author. She didn't tell me what to do. She said, here's your strengths. You choose your own destiny. What are you, basically it's like, well, what do you feel like you want to do? And so that, that, that is a psychic reading. And what I would like to even say about that is I actually trained after I'd sort of had this reading with this lady, I had actually trained to be a counsellor. So I went, I went to college, I went to night school, I went to work on two jobs and then I went to night school. And halfway through that course, I just knew, this is my natural intuition, I just knew it was not for me. I just knew it wasn't for me, but I'm not a quitter. So I completed that course and I got that qualification and I'm glad I did because it still holds me in really good stead to work with people because you have to work on yourself. It's a very delicate thing that you're doing. It's a very big responsibility. Um, so as, a, as an intuitive, as a psychic, I am working with that person's soul-to-soul -soul connection. So that's a psychic reading. And did you want me to go into what mediumship is then? Because it's... Yeah, please, yeah. Yeah, they're two, they're two separate. So then 
mediumship is the medium is I am the uh, I am the and the people who are mediums are because of basically the bridge we're the connection between so this our 3D world where we are uh, I would it's classed as so we would be here a medium is here in the middle and then the higher realms where loved ones passed are are up here so. I have to work on myself and my energy as the medium because the etheric world and the loved ones past and the spirit world are of a higher vibration. You know, when people talk of dimensions and things, that's a whole different story. But us in the third density, in the third dimension, are vibrating at a slower rate than people who are on the spirit world. They're on a very high vibration. So me, as the medium, I need to work on myself through meditation, personal development, etc., to raise my vibration to the spirit world. And they actually lower theirs. They have to go down in density to meet. And this is where we connect. And that's where I'll get information that I then pass on to the recipient. And all I will need, for example, is yes, no, or I don't know. Because I want to clear up this. You know, people will come and they'll say, are you checking out my Facebook or have you looked into me? And you know, that's just silly. I do not have the time or the effort or the want to do that. Why would I do that? If other, if there's charlatans out there, I wouldn't even say good luck to them because they're not going to have any luck. You know, there's, you were talking, sorry, about, we were before we got on here about karma and things. And what I would like to say about that is nobody, and this is my belief and, I, and I'm allowed it, nobody ever gets away with anything. Right? So, you know, when you people say, oh, there's this person and they're just, they've, they've done all these negative things and they seem to get away with murder. Well, let me tell you what, there is retribution up here, not in a bad way, you know, on the spiritual plane, but more of a, you really have to take responsibility and ownership of what you have done. And you have to look back on that and how you have affected people. Okay? So, for example, if I'm working at a dam, a dam is an abbreviation for a demonstration of mediumship. That would be an event. I would have a room full of people. And I just recently worked at Belfast Birdsless Church. So that was a real honor for me. I was working on their platform. So what I would do then is I stand up and I give an inspirational talk. And that is working with spirit still, but not connecting the um, spirit, spirit um, a lot to past. So then how it works is the mediumship works is I will stand up. I will I'll just feel like a... Um, a surge of energy and I will just it's like it's a knowing there's there's a it's called clear cognizance I work quite a lot with clear cognizance and that just means clear knowing and it's like you just begin to feel information flowing to you and an example would be like okay I have a father here and I know he's a joker he's a brilliant sense of humor he's here to see a daughter I feel like the name George is involved I feel like he has memories of going to the seaside I know he's here to see a daughter and a granddaughter. Does that mean, you know, can anybody take that information? Or I will know and say, I feel like I'm with you because your eye just gets drawn to a person. Now, as I described with the psychic, it's soul to soul, right? So there's two people involved here. With the mediumship, there is three involved. So there is the recipient, there's me, one soul, two soul, and there is the soul of the loved one past. So there's three. So why one is, you know, two, the other is a triangle, and it's three. So that is the psychic, and that is the, the mediumship.
So, yeah. excuse my ignorance here, is, would mediumship be above psychic? Or are they connected, are they inter, inter, interlinked? Um, there's lots of difference of, difference of opinions on this. I definitely wouldn't say one would be any better than the other. I would say, you know, if you have both, then that's amazing. Um, there's whole big debates in the spiritual community about this, and I, I don't really, to me, it's limitless, and there's no real one above the other. Because what I'll say is, for example, you have, to, not you have to, your intention should be to meet the person's need. So if I have somebody that comes, I'll give you an example. If I have somebody that comes to me who's very spiritually minded, who knows their loved ones are okay, who believes that they're okay, and they come to me, and I give them a reading. Uh, I'm giving them a reading and I'm, I'm connecting the loved one's past. But that person, say for example, in their personal life, they may be in a, a bad relationship, they may be unhappy, they may be suicidal, they may, their business might be going under. What is the point of me connecting to their loved one's past? Okay, people might say yes for comfort or reassurance. Yes, I get that the point. But... If somebody comes to me, if their need is for me to talk about their life, by me talking about the spirit world, it's not going to help them in their physical journey. It's not going to guide them in any way. And then the absolute flip side of that is, if somebody comes to me and their life is in good enough nick and good enough order, but they are grief-stricken and heartbroken and they would just love to hear a word of comfort from a loved one past, then the need of that person is for a mediumship reading. Now, you know, sometimes it's a bit of both. You just have to maybe, connect, not maybe, you have to connect into, my intention when I read for somebody is, from you know, my spirit guides and spiritual realm, help me meet this person's need. What is the need? Let's take me out of it. You know, because the spiritual realm is of, to be honest, it's just of higher intelligence. If we would see this like um, we have such um, a tiny scope and view of things, like of the light spectrum, for example, but the higher realms have just a much larger, clearer scope and vision and picture. And that's why there is elements of, I have had things where, you know, loved ones past will come and say things like, I know you're going to do really well in exams. I'm so proud of you. Or, you know, and that, you would say that as like, for, not foretelling because it is. But if they come along or I know you're going to meet the man of your dreams, you know, at a party or whatever. Sometimes that comes through. Sometimes it's simplified to just, I'm here, I love you. you know, that's the most important message. But they have a much wider scope on what's going on. And if they see any pitfalls, they will give you mild cautions, like make sure you're looking at your contracts. If you're going to move house, I know you're moving house, please go into the fine print. Things like that, that has happened. But also, you can get that on a, you know, a, a psychic reading, a one-on-one -on -one reading. Am I right in saying then, so the psychic side, as you say, you describe it as soul-to-soul? -soul. Yes. And that's your soul connecting directly with the other person's soul. What can I ask the, the sort of method or how you normally do this? Well, it it well we'll get straight into the intention then. So years ago, whenever this lady had said this to me, 
I was like, okay, but where do you start? How do you do that? Well, what's this all about? So I had to sit in, I had to sit in classes, uh, you know, and, and develop. What way would I put this? Every time you meditate in, in the work that I do, every time you meditate, you, it's like building up a bit of power. It's like charging a battery. Okay. So every time you do that, the more you do it, the longer, the often, the easier it will be. It will become. I'm going to be really honest about my journey. So for six months to nine months, when I first started this, I sat in front of somebody and I told them nothing. I mean zero. I sat there and it was awkward. It was sticky. It was embarrassing. But I absolutely was going to soldier on because this is what I wanted. And it has not been an easy journey. Where Pete, there, there may be somebody else who is really naturally intuitive. I can just sit in front of somebody and it'll just flow, right? So we all come from a different sort of background and a different arena. Some people are just more naturally gifted. Some people have to work at it. Either way, you can still get to the same point, but where you're starting might be quite different. Another example I would give is, you know, I say everybody has this, everybody does. Everybody can sing. Okay, unless you have something wrong with your throat or your voice, whatever. Everybody in the world can sing. But not everybody's going to be Celine Dion or Pavarotti. Some other people naturally have it stronger. And another thing about that is all these big singers that you see are out right there. They have, uh, they go to tutors, they go to mentors, they go to singing classes because they want to perfect and then, you know, hone their gift and their ability. So it's, to me, some people just have it. Good luck to them. They're lucky. Or some people have to put the work in. I have had to put the work in. But each step of that journey has been enjoyable. It's been magic. I had to start when it was stickier and it was hard work. That's, to me, where it's building you as a person as well. Because if you're going to sit in front of somebody every week and you're going to look at them and try and give them a reading and you get a no and you get zero and you can sit there. And I tell you what, it was not easy. I would, I would panic, having to go to class. I would be nervous. You know, and this was all to do with my sort of how I felt about myself as well. And see, the more that you put yourself in an uncomfortable position, and you know this, Pete, that's where the growth comes. That's where the strength comes. That's where the, like, it, the grit. Grit is the best thing because see if you won't give up. One plus one, like I said before, one plus one equals two. If you have put in the hard work, the dedication, the passion, you will get there. There's no other place where it's going to go. So if you put the work in, you will get the results. Now, for me personally, because I had so much trauma and so much stuff that I had to unravel and work on, it's taken me, I'd say, quite a long time. be going on personal development journey about 12 years really looking seriously into the, the, the mediumship and the sitting and the doing all the stuff between around about six, seven years. For other people, they just have it. Good luck. But for me, I think it was the makings of me as a person. So I don't I don't uh, look back and, and regret anything. Just talking about going back, I mean, you mentioned there it's nine, you know, you'd a suicide attempt mm -hmm. can you just talk to us a little bit about that and in terms of what your perception is now about how you came through that 
Yes. So, and you know, I will be respectful of my mother. I love her dear, dearly and my father. But they just, they fought constantly. You know, he didn't live in the household, but they would fight constantly because obviously my dad would come and see us. Um, they would argue on the phone. And because our, like my basic needs, physically, mentally, emotionally, in every way, were not being met because there was always... Drama's not even, you know, not even drama. It was always, tra- it was always traumatic because my mum would get very emotionally upset. She she would um, have rapid cycles, so that would mean she would get very manic and very hyper and, you know, scream and shout all down the phone and then she would cry for, like, hours. And then it was so... To be in that instability household was very, very difficult, especially because I was naturally a sensitive child and an empath. So when my mother was going through these swings... I mean, the whole household felt it. Well, I mean, it wasn't just me, but it was so hard to deal with. And this wasn't like, uh, what way would you put it? This wasn't like a, an attempt. Oh, I've just, I've just taken tablets. No, this was thought out for months. When am I going to do it? How am I going to do it? Should I do it today? No, wait a Like, this was very premeditated because it was just so unhappy. So unhappy. And... My mother and father just, they didn't realise what they were doing. I know that. You know, my mother can push my father's buttons like no other, and he can push hers. And now that I'm older and I can step back and I can look and see, I don't judge them for it. Not at all. But having to live, that's why, you know, I'm like so independent. I'm so... I just couldn't wait to grow up and move out. You know, a terrible thing to say, but I just wanted to, like that claim in my sovereignty, I just wanted to be under my own governance. Nobody can tell me what to do. Nobody can, uh, funny the thing is, like I'll get in with men who were absolute control freaks. So I don't know how that happened, but I'm, I, have a very, I have a streak of independence today and I know where it came from because I don't want to, don't and didn't want to rely on anybody else for anything. And I, I'd given a presentation before, and I'll go into a wee bit of this, Pete, of with my journey and all the work that I've done and putting my head down and just, I just felt like, see if you just put your head down, work and hone your skills and your craft for years. I just knew, it doesn't, I don't care if it takes years. I just knew that the right people, places and things would come around me and opportunity would come. And that is exactly what's happened. But one thing that was sticking, and I know it's from my child, except I've had to do a lot of work on myself. I'm also a clinical hypnotherapist, so I went through a lot of processes there with ridding myself of things from childhood. I have also had Psyche, uh, which is like a healing of your psyche. And that was to do with negative self-beliefs because I didn't believe that I deserved money or abundance. So I would do readings for free, events for free, do things for charity, give the money away because somewhere deep inside, I did not believe I was good enough to receive money. And that was, I know that was from when I was a child and I cut off all my needs. You know, I wouldn't ask for things. I wouldn't ask my mom or dad to buy me anything. I wouldn't, I was like a really good child because I didn't know what else to do or what other way to be to sort of get through. That was my coping strategy. But that's a negative thing that sort of attached itself to me through my entire life. I will 
do everything for everybody else, but I really would leave myself behind and all the work that I do, like three different jobs. Um, I would never take time for myself, no time for self-care. So go, go, go. But the thing is, I was like, had to work on that this year, the negative self-beliefs and, and alchemize those and change those. And I was able to do that. And that's when I decided what I was doing was worth charging money for. And I, I always knew what it was given and offering was of the highest quality and I had such brilliant service to give, but it just felt like I was swimming against a current that I just couldn't overcome, but have been able to overcome that this year. And that's why looking at yourself and things all to do with personal development, you really need to, you know, because I am putting together a course at the minute and it's all about getting into the flow, tapping into your own intuitive abilities. But personal development is a big thing that I'm going to include because it has been the most beneficial to my life. Constantly growing, constantly investing in yourself, constantly moving forward. The more you do that, the, qu the quality of your life just gets so much better. And who do you have to live with day in, day out? You have to live with yourself. So if you can improve that relationship, believe me, that's the one to go for. <laughs> I mean, that event when you were nine, I mean, what, what got you through that, do you think? Um, do you know, I, I, I look back on this and I do think higher power, I don't care how woo-woo it sounds, I am here for a reason. I am here on a mission to help other people with issues like I've been through. Um, for that one, to be honest, I didn't get very much help after that one. and. Not really of the, the one after that either. But my point is, I just kind of got my head down and stumbled through the next few years there until I got a bit older. Um, for example, when I was, when I was, you know, drinking quite a lot, I got into a lot of dangerous situations. Like, I mean, literally, I remember, you know, you would get, I would black out drunk, but some flashes were, I would, I remember I'd be literally in a puddle, in a dress, you know, lying in the gutter, people bringing me home, str I mean strangers, people carrying me upstairs, putting the key in the door, bringing me in, lots of dodgy stuff that went on where I'd just go and get absolutely smashed at the weekend. And the next day, and I would just think, my God, I'm still alive. How did I get through that? You know, literally that, I remember a guy driving up when I was lying in the gutter. I had had an argument with somebody and it was lying there, a mess, and in the rain. He goes, where do you live? And I told him and he you know, brought me home. And, it, and as he was about to drive off, he says, listen, don't do that again. Look after yourself and don't get in the car with anybody. Right? And then, uh, drunk, the next day I went, oh my God, what am I doing? What am I doing? And I just... Because I was running away to numb the pain and, and all of that, I just, again, couldn't get a clear picture of what I was doing to myself. Here's the difference, Pete. When I was able to pivot and move forward, I'd always sort of, what way would I put it, like pinballed and bumped my way through life. No purpose, no direction, nothing, no self-esteem. But when I got that reading and I knew, okay, somebody's telling me, because what she also said, I forgot to say, was if you choose to go into any one of these areas, you know, psychic mediumship, uh, write a book, you know, be a um, counselor, whatever. Whatever one you go into, you could make it the top of your face. She says, you have such potential. And see that, it just lit that fire in me. Now, 
and and then I just moved, that was it. Life changed. I just moved forward in a really positive direction. But you know, there was a few. You know, obviously that I've shared about an ex partner who nearly took my life from me, and there was a um, there was lots of situations where I was in danger, and I just sort of made my way through. But to me, there's always been some kind of guidance there, literally helping me because I can think of a four or five really big ones where I shouldn't be here. But I'm here for a reason and I am turning that, all that negativity, that, you know, I'm, I'm adding that fuel and that fire for my mission for to just help people, whether it be through a reading, an inspirational talk, whether through any interaction with me at all helping them move in that positive direction. Because even I did say before, when I would think, why did I get this? And I'll use this expression again. Why did I get dealt? I used to think such a difficult card hand in life. Just why is it so difficult? And then now I've come to realize that that there is a leveling up. You can get that ace of spades. You can get that cheek. You can move forward. That I'm not a solo player in life, not even a team player. And like I said before, I have an army of support from the universe and higher power that moves forward with me and I would just like to talk a wee bit more on intention like intention is to me the most powerful force in the entire world and if you have good intention and if you move forward with that like my life is a dance of just the right people right places right time right opportunity everything's synchronistic and I just love living my life in a dance with literally like magic and the more you begin to come aware and the more you begin to work with it and the more you do and the more you believe the better it becomes I love that sort of life being a dance it's very poetic when you when you talk about um you know, I don't necessarily, I mean, would you describe yourself as spiritual? Would you describe yourself as religious? Or, you know, what? where do you stand on that? And I'm not prying into your beliefs as such. You know, I'm just curious as to where your thermostat's at. Yeah, no, great question. I'm absolutely happy to answer on where my connotation sort of lies. I would class myself as very spiritual. And I, I don't have anything against religion. It's not for me. Um, I'm very big on respect. You know, I will respect your views. I will respect your religion as long as you respect mine. You know, because I do take what I do very seriously. Maybe I need to lighten up a bit, but I just have such a passion for it. And to think like, for example, the, the word psychic has such a negative slant to it. You know, people think of, oh, a psychic. So maybe a charlatan or somebody's going to take your money or you can't believe them or untrustworthy, all of these kind of things. And I'm here to say, you know, there is another way, there is another view, and, and I live that. So I want to bring that more to the forefront, Pete, because it's very important. And in that, you know, when you're actually... Well, first of all, I'm curious to know where where would you say your your passion or your intention lies? You know, because you talked about the counselling that's something you've gone through, and then you realised it wasn't necessarily the right thing for you. You know, and you have so many skills and ability. I mean, is there one that particularly sort of takes your passion? Does that make sense? Which one's floating your boat? Um, no, I get you. Um, 
for me, I'm at more of um, I'm like at emerging and a melding stage into something else. I just I just know it. So I've done the, the years of reading. I've done events. I've been a part of events. I've, I've sat in circles for years. Um, all these different things, but I kind of still feel like I'm at the very start of my journey. And it, to me, it's more about now teaching people and and you know the the message of uh, see this about sovereignty. You know, I don't want to disempower anybody. You know, if I want to, if somebody's going to come to me and, and they want the psychic reading and they think they're just going to learn everything about like you tell me my life and 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 take all my power away and tell me what to do. I'm not there to do that, right? So I'm going to give you possibilities, probabilities for your future. I'm very big on personal responsibility. You choose your life. You choose your destiny. Do not give your power away to anybody, right? So I've, I've done all that, but what I'm moving very much into now, Pete, is where and you know, I'm putting a course together, and, 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 and that is going to be something that I offer. I am going to still do the other things that I do do. Um, I'm very much, it depends on what the person needs. So say, for example, somebody comes to me and they're suicidal, for example. Maybe not that far, but if they have a mental illness or whatever, and they come to me, and I could give them a reading, but they could go away and have a terrible every single day thereafter with they panic attacks or depression or whatever. But if that person comes to me, whatever their issue is, and if I can then tailor what I have to offer to them, for example, um, I, I mail them mixed together, my modalities as well. So that person who wanted to come for a reading, then I could sort of assess what their needs are and say something like, well, you're having severe panic attacks every day. What good is this reading? Um, so what we could work together on is, say, for example, clinical hypnotherapy, but I will also meld in stuff there about, um, number one, alleviate the, your, your panic attacks and, and help um, help you to move forward with more positive self-beliefs. But also I can add in a spiritual element there where they're going to maybe, I can talk them through a visualization of meeting a spirit guide. They can tap into their own higher guidance. And that's, to me, that's not me telling them what to do or, or any of that. That's they're getting it for themselves. So it really depends on the person and, and their needs. But what I would say is I feel like I'm moving more into uh, getting that message out of people, um, Pete, because there's so many misconceptions about psychic mediumship and all this kind of stuff. And it's all very much in the woo-woo realm. And I'm like, no, listen, no matter what your area of expertise or your life, if you want to tap into this, it's called basically the flow. I would call it like the flow. If you want to get into the flow, if you want to be more confident, if you want to have better relationships, if you want to do better in work, whatever it may be, if you want to feel connected and guided and supported, not from an outside source, but from yourself, from the inside out, it's priceless. You cannot put a price on that. So I will still offer the things that I do, but I'm moving very much more into... You know, when all this sort of drama with, with the world at the minute gets sorted, doing more talks, doing more teaching, getting the message out, teaching people to tap into their own, tapping into their own inner ability and they're helping them claim their own sovereignty. Here's the thing. They have to want to. Obviously, I can't do it for them. So. <laughs> Is there a particularly strong 
question, I suppose, from uh, on the medium side, is there a particularly strong question that people can ask you or a particularly useful question that people can ask you and in turn that you can ask to the higher level? Is there anything that jumps out to you? Well, Pete, what I would say is whatever it is, for example, somebody wants to come for a mediumship reading or to a mediumship event, they actually shouldn't have any questions. And I'll tell you why. Well, you know, number one, no questions, because thank you for actually asking this question because it's going to clear something up. It's not like a direct line. Um, it's not like a direct conversation. It is uh, telepathy. It's mind to mind from the medium to the, the, the spirit person. Now, what I mean by this is I can only give you the information that I'm receiving. For example, I'll just get in the flow and I'll feel all this information. It's not like a back, forth, back, forth, back. It's like receive, receive and give, receive and give. So, I mean, and not that this has happened to me, but I've heard from other mediums, people will ask stuff like, Say, for example, my dad's passed on. What's what's the passwords? What's the PIN number? Where's the will? You know, stuff like this. It's just not like that. Now, in the flow of that information sort of comes out, then that comes out. But the asking questions, and I know it's very tempting for people, um, the asking the questions is kind of a no-no because um, it all gets a bit sticky, you know. I've had people say stuff to me like, oh, oh yes, that's my ex-partner who's, you know, connecting in. What was that little nickname that he, he gave me? And it's it's like, I don't know. If he chooses to give that and it's in the flow, then it's there. But it's not like an, a two-way conversation. Is, it just isn't. So what I would say is if, if the person can just try and be open-minded, trying to be um, clear-headed, open-minded, and try not to, there is things that can close you down a wee bit. You know, if if you want to say, for example, if you really, really want to hear from your mother and you really want to hear from your mother, but your cousin comes through, you're not going to really be very um, receptive to anything that I say to you, no matter what information I'm telling you, even if it's of the highest quality. If you're in grief or if you're closed down to the information, you know, there is different things like this that sort of happen. And what I would say is, if there is somebody that is in really badly, um, you know, going through grief, I wouldn't advise running the medium anytime soon because we're all physical humans here as well, and you need to grieve and you need to go through that process. And I don't think it's it's a benefit. You know, it's not that you can't, you can, but you should try and heal yourself first, try and look after yourself before you run to anybody else. That's my opinion. I'm curious as well, you, you talked about, you know, on this process, actually you've been self-healing through the process as well. Do you know, I mean, can you tell us when you started to consciously do that? Do you know? Yes. So, you know, a lot of years there ago, obviously I said it started in women's aid. And see just the whole concept of, um, you know, it started there. Oh, how do you view yourself? How do others view you? What's your blind spots? I was like, wow, this is really interesting to me. And then uh, when I started the counselling course, and it was all about right looking into your childhood, looking at your parents, looking at how you react in life and stuff like this. Because you have to do 
you know, to be a counsellor or do the course, whatever, you have to go through that process. And to me, it wasn't like an annoying thing. To me, I was fascinated. I really thrived on that because it's like, basically, the more you know, the more you know. The more you know about yourself, the more awareness you have. And it's funny because even then, and I've just, I've just built and built and built on that. I really have a, a love for philosophy, ancient quotes, parables, you know, all these things. I would study quite a lot and research. To me, it's like hearing that, for example, ancient wisdom or hearing the moral of a story and it just embeds itself in me. It just settles with me so well. And I just think, yeah, I, I can see the deeper layers of things. Now, some people might not be, I'm like a very, I can be classed as a quite serious person, a deep thinker, do a lot of contemplation. But what I would even say about that is when I train to be a clinical hypnotherapist, you see just learning the models of the mind, conscious mind, uh, subconscious, unconscious, and there is something called the superconscious mind in the unified field, and that's the spiritual element, right? So all of that, you know, I'm working with that, and, and even things to do with, when you're working in clinical hypnotherapy, there is stuff to do with um, compliance, and you have to get compliance from your you know, recipient, and it, it, it adds an added dimension to your mind and your life. I'll even, there's two examples here. One I will give, I went to a free event, it was to do with public speaking because I, I also give inspirational talks and I, I love it anyway. And the guy on stage, there's, there were certain things he was doing that I alerted, I actually could see what he was doing to get compliance from this audience because I've trained the clinical hypnotherapist. He was actually using techniques of hypnosis on this audience to buy his course. And I was like looking at him going, oh my God, I can see what the, I can see right through this guy. I couldn't believe it. And I was like, uh, okay, that's interesting. But if I wouldn't have done this, if I hadn't done the clinical hypnotherapy course, I wouldn't have had that added dimension. You know, it's a bit like uh, I've heard, for example, people who are very into combative sports, that if they're in a bar, they can't, like, um, fully settle. They're always looking for the door or they've got this heightened awareness. Somebody's going to, you know, and they're always sort of scanning their, their, their arena kind of thing. And I have found the more elements of myself and layers that I know, it, it like, adds another layer of awareness to my everyday life. And the other thing I would like to say about this, this, this pandemic, Pete, is with this, and this is big speak, I'm going to say it, I don't care, right? So in clinical hypnotherapy, there is three different ways that you can get people into hypnosis, right? The first one, is, not the first one, it doesn't matter what order, but one of them is, uh, one of them is, no, I'll leave that for the end because that's the main one. An authority figure, right? So that would be when you're growing up, oh, your parents or or the doctor or a teacher or the government, right? Someone you perceive or something you perceive to have authority, right? And that goes right into your subconscious mind. So that's one of them. The next one would be repetition. So if you repeat something enough, then that gets into your subconscious mind. And another one is like a person you would hold in high regard, like a celebrity or somebody you would look up to. I think the example that was given when we were on the course was 
George Foreman grills. Who who bought a George Foreman grill? Everybody put their hand up, me included. Yeah, but they, they only sold those grills because they had a celebrity attached, right? So at the minute in this pandemic, what are we getting hit with? We're getting doctors, government, you know, all this fear propaganda. We're getting it repeated. Like, I'll tell you where it's getting repeated. We're getting it uh, on the news. We're getting it in the newspapers. We're, you know, uh, we're getting it. I'm getting a text message on my phone. I'm getting a letter through the door. It's on the radio. Bombarded. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Fear, fear, fear. And then, you know, high-profile people coming out. I've got coronavirus. I've got coronavirus. Um, So... There's three elements there, and this pandemic meets all three for what I would consider elements of brainwashing, hypnosis, mass hypnosis. Now, I'm not going to get into all that because it's not relevant to this, but what I'm saying, people, is try and think out, not try, we're going to delete, try from our vocabulary. Use your innate uh, abilities, whether it be meditation, mindfulness, exercise, whatever, Try, I'm going to say try again, get yourself out of the box and take a clear look and a fresh look at things. That is all I'll say. Sovereignty and self-governance is of the utmost importance. And also, you know, you should really govern your own life. You know, extreme personal responsibility. Uh, It's just so important to me. And it's, Funny what I see, not funny what I see going on, it's interesting what I see going on, but if people can just, if they want another way, if they want another way of govern, governing themselves or if they want to learn how to do that, obviously there's elements of they can, you know, get in contact with me, but there's also a lot of other fantastic people out there. If they just want something more because they need to listen, if your own inner guidance system is saying, something doesn't seem right here, I would invite you to check that out a bit more, but that's your responsibility. Do you believe we all have potential within us? 100 million percent. And see for the person who doesn't think that they do, I would say it even more. I would say that more even strongly because what they have had is the conditioning out of their own power and all they need is a bit of help and a bit of guidance. Because, you know, Pete as well, I'll go into just a wee thing here. You know, this hasn't been like a smooth, completely smooth journey for me. There was, and it's all to do, it's all to do with yourself. And with this situation, I'll tell you how it brings back around, how it brought me back around to me and me needing to look at things, is there was someone, um, obviously I don't go into names, it's not about that, it's not important. There was somebody in the spiritual community that, that I trusted for years and, and really highly respected. And they sat me down one day and they just said really negative, nasty things about me, to me, to my face. And I, to be honest, I was absolutely devastated. I was really, really hurt. As a grown woman, I went home when I actually cried that night, right? Somebody that I looked up to, somebody I highly respected. And um, I knew for, it was like, this is what I mean. <laughs> this is where it comes into play. So because of that, and I understand my childhood and my background, 
I wanted to be like the sorry little puppy and run back to them and, and, and continue to be associated with them, right? I wanted to do that. Otherwise, I was devastated at, at what they had sort of said to me. And there was the other layer of the higher, the highest, more divine layer of myself that was speaking to me saying, if you allow yourself, if you go back, if you associate yourself with this person, if you allow yourself to be treated badly, it is not going to go well, right? So I was actually screwed up over a couple of months of really wanting to associate with this person. You know, they were then, they, they apologized to me and they were saying all this stuff. They, they were sorry and they didn't mean it and blah, 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 whatever. And I had to take like the high road and I had to leave and I had to say to them, look, listen, for my own um, self-respect, I'm going to have to disassociate with you now. Um, I wish you well. But that really, it really screwed me up emotionally because I had such respect for this person. But anyway, I then knew that I needed to go back and work on some childhood stuff from my childhood. For me, it all went back to layers of, you know, being disrespected, being abandoned, being treated badly and all this stuff. And I did some self-work there. And funny, I was doing a little exercise. It was actually yesterday. And it was about write, your, write yourself a letter or write a letter, sorry, to somebody who has done you wrong or, you know, knocked your confidence or said something to you. Write them a letter. So I wrote this letter out. And I tell you what, it was beautiful because I thanked them. I had such gratitude for the part that this person played in my journey, which I appreciated so much. But I also noticed that there was no malice, there was no heartache, there was no hurt. It is all gone. And I knew, right, that's healed. And I was very happy it was healed. But I was actually listening to your podcast with Pat Slattery, the two of them, about the boardroom stuff and about intention. And this is what I want people to sort of maybe take on board. I'm going to reiterate some of it is if somebody comes to you and says something about you, you know about this criticism, constructive criticism, yes, no, and all this stuff, what I'll say is, when I felt into what this person said to me, it was coming from such a nasty place, right? And I had never seen this side of this person. And um, it was just raked of bad intention. And what I want to say to people is, no matter who it is, whether it's somebody you respect in the highest, if what they're saying is coming from a really bad place, don't let that in. Now, I would like to say we're all strong enough and we're all like soldiers here and knights, but that got into me. But I tell you what, I had to go and do the self-work and it's better. So you will always innately know, and I'll give you another quick example. There is a gent in the Arthur Finney College and I will name him because he's awesome. And his name's John Johnson and he's a tutor. And he's very, very big on personal development and you know mediumship and some people didn't get him right so you would get up and you would well it's called give a link and he would give you constructive criticism now a lot of people got very annoyed with him or they didn't like his critique or blah 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 but this guy was just coming from such a respectful place you could see it and that's what i didn't get i was like 
okay, you, it, it wasn't, um, he was very respectful in what he would say to you. He says, but why are you saying this? We've missed this part. Or why are you going off on a tangent? We'll work together. He said it in such a respectful way. He was coming from such good intentions. Now, somebody else could perceive him as being a bit short or a bit abrupt or he's, he's critiquing me. No. Look for the intentions. And that will, that'll make the difference. So... There's two very different examples there, but when you tap into that Pete, that that inner innate knowing, life becomes not workable, but it always flows in the right direction, no matter whether it's good, whether it's bad, it's all an experience and it'll take you to where you need to go. That's very strong. Can I just check, you were saying in terms of on the, the, the psychic side, you use angel cards, I believe you said? Yes. Can you describe that to me? or? Yes, well, I'm probably sitting. Uh, well, I could show you one, sure, why not, while we're here. Um, so, oh, let me see. And I yeah. assume there's, there's different methods, I assume, is there? Yes, yes, there is. There is a load of different methods. And for me, this is just, they're just a tool. Like, um, a lot of people who use cards, they don't even, it's like you don't need the cards. They are just, they're just a focal point. For me, I use them because um, it's, it's just gets it done a bit quicker. It's just a wee bit of focus. You can just get started, get started and, and, and go. But most of the time, you know, so I'll shuffle, I'll shuffle a card for while we're here. Why not? For this, uh, for this podcast. But what I mean is you can sit with somebody and just tap into their aura and just go. These are just a tool. There are so many other things. Angel cards, tarot cards, pendulums, tea leaves. You can read literally anything. I mean anything. You can read a coffee cup. Um, there's also a thing called psychometry. Now, that would mean um, you could give me, say, a scarf or a wedding ring, or a piece of jewellery. And I would just connect in and hold that piece of jewellery and then give a give a reading. There's so many different ways you can do it. Um, okay, so... Can I just, before you do that, do you... Are you seeing it, or are you feeling it, or sensing it, can I ask? Right, so, a brilliant question. So there is Claire... There is clairvoyance, which I'm pretty sure we've all heard. Clairvoyance, clairsentience, right? So clairvoyance is clear seeing. So that would, I'll, I'll just go through them quickly because it's, it's good to sort of go into. If I said to you, Pete, now, can you picture in your mind a red apple? Can you do it? Can you see that in your mind? Right. Well, when I say that to some people, they can't. You know, and that was a revelation for me. I was like, oh, wow, everybody can't know. But it's, they just have a different way of perceiving things. So then, well, I'll just do these wee examples with you now. Pete, sure, why not? So you're able to see the red apple. And then there's clear sentience. So that's clear feeling. So if I ask you to, now, Pete, if I ask you to just imagine in your mind that there is a man walking up behind you, a healer, and he's going to place his hands on your shoulders now. So you can tell me, do you feel anything? Did you feel anything? Yeah. That's the kinesi- kinesi- kinesthetic type. 
Yeah, well, very good. That one's quite uh, well worn enough. Now, for me, I don't have that one. So if I was to imagine somebody coming up and putting their hands on my shoulders, I can't do that. Nobody's better or worse than anybody else, but there's it's just different ways. Uh, clairvoyance, clairsentience, uh, clairaudience, clear hearing, okay? So if in your mind you can hear whatever your favourite song is, give it a blast now in your mind. I would, I would struggle with that. Struggle with that one, right? So I can hear, I can hear music in my mind. Um, where are we? And then there is, there's loads. There's other two that are lesser known, but it's clear taste and it's clear smell. So say I'm, I'm sitting with somebody, I'm, I'm doing links. I might smell this person's perfume or I might smell cigarettes and know that they're a smoker. I might taste tobacco. I might taste... A Sunday dinner, I'd say, oh, they love the Sunday dinner, whatever. And then the other one is called clear cognizance. Now, clear cognizance is just annoying, right? So I've went into this in some of my other videos, but this all happens so fast. Like I could be sitting when I connect in with somebody and I'll have all this information flood into me. I might feel really happy i might feel buzzy i might feel like the character in front of me like uh, say for example a psychic green that they're lots of fun they're bubbly they love a laugh they're very sociable i may just begin to feel that but i'll also know that they're an accountant or you know i might whatever it is it all literally hits you you might see something you'll feel something and then a layer on top of that is you might just literally know something like and i just know you've lost both your parents when you were five whatever but it all melts together and comes in so quick and what i'm saying is everybody has this ability but and you can use that for work like we're on the outstanding network i was, I was sure before i was speaking with a lady and she she was saying i'm naturally intuitive but i work with people she works with clients and you know helps them with different business things but she says that she gets a voice in her head telling her what that person's strengths are or what their needs are or what would help them in the right direction. And she works in that way. And, you know, I wouldn't say I'm any a better person than she is. But what I'm saying is this is a beautiful expression that adds to your life in whatever area and arena. And I'm just kind of a bit like, why wouldn't you not? Why wouldn't you not want to have an extra layer of awareness there with you? Now, obviously, I've obviously went to train and study it and work with mine in a very specific way. Um, but yes, so that was going into all the different, um, and they're like basically called etheric senses, and they can all like hit you at once. And that's why definitely anybody's had a reading with me or, or heard a talk of mine knows I begin to talk very, 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 very fast because. You get such an energy with it. Like, this is not for sleepy, sleepy. It's like, it comes straight out. And there has been tests and studies over in the Arthur Finley College. Um, what brain wave? So the brain wave that we're at, that we're sort of on at the minute is beta. And that's just talking, you know, conscious mind. But when I work with these other senses, I'm working with subconscious mind. So the subconscious mind is, you know, your feelings and emotions, it's your long-term memory, and, you know, your habits, your beliefs, all those things that I'm working on that deeper layer with. So it's not like conscious mind. 
I work with the intention and that means I can hone with the intention to bring my brain with, um, the intention is to bring and connect with that person and drop in a brainwave state that, so it's beta, alpha, alpha, theta. So when they measured and brought the equipment in the Arthur Finley College, not me personally, but they worked and worked with mediums and, and psychics there and that their brainwave would go to alpha and theta. But there, and whenever the scientists were, say, were there, they were saying, so the person's up on the platform, they're giving out all this information, but what I should see is somebody who, sh who should be either daydreaming or sleeping, you know, and their body should be very relaxed, but that's not what you see. So it's, it's, kind of, it's very, very interesting when you get into the sort of the scientific standpoint, and there has been lots of tests and, you know, they are out there, and especially there's a, a wonderful medium, medium called Gordon Smith, and he actually worked a lot with scientists and they were saying it was very interesting, the results there. Very interesting. So tell me, what, what are you going to do with the cards then? I'm curious about this. Well, I just sort of had a me shuffle and says, right, okay, let's have a look. And this was just connecting in with the energy of this podcast, okay? So I don't know if you're able to see there. I'll try and I'll read it out, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'll read out what it says. So it is a female furry and she has her wings there and it's called the Page of Earth. And it says, scholarly, dependable, patient, successful. Good news about financial matters, wanting to do something more challenging, a new area of study. Hmm, interesting. Now, that to me would sort of confirm some of the things that I said for me personally of just wanting to feel like my career path is going in a different sort of area with, with, with teaching people and not having things so much in a box as to just readings or just events because there's a whole different area and arena and energy that comes and it's, it's beautiful. And another thing I would like to say about, for example, meditation, like meditation is key. I absolutely love it. I, I mix meditation and hypnotherapy. I, I, I also offer a modality called Sovereign Alchemy. And that's, again, working with people's negative self-beliefs. So I kind of, I'm not a person to just do things by the book. I want things unique. I want things to be done in my unique, different, different way. So that's why I blend and mix and change things to sort of suit that person and suit their particular needs. And I just like being original. So, well, yeah, that's what I want to say about that. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. I do like the, you know, the mixing up, you know, the meditation side as well. Can I ask you, what way do you meditate, if you don't mind? So, myself personally, I, I do switch it up, but generally, I meditate for an hour every day, every morning. So, before this, this pandemic, for example, now it is a wee bit different now, but when I get back to normality, I work in a nursery school, so I would wake up four in the morning and I would meditate for an hour. Now, I like to do it in the morning because, you know, it's done for the day. It really sets, it sets me up for the day. So I meditate night. I know I'm actually, but I have to be honest because I kind of cheat a little bit, right? They say to meditate, you really should sit up in a chair, kind of bolt upright and really hold your posture. But I like lying down. I'm sorry, I do. So I would like have 
wake up, I would have like a cup of coffee, whatever, uh, and then I would go put my earphones in and I would lie down in bed again and I would meditate for an hour. Now that's just you really keeping your mental focus. I kind of just, there's not, some people ask questions in meditation, some people ask for contact to the spirit realm in meditation. No, 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 no. I'm all about building building that power. So I'll ask the power to join me, my, my divine essence. And I'll just, to be honest, when I meditate, I see such beautiful swirls of purple, purple and lilac, uh, like valid flames, and it's pulsating. It is absolutely beautiful. Now, going from somebody who, when you close your eyes and it's black, it's black, and it's done, to when you meditate and start to open that up, you actually begin to see color and swirls, and you feel flutters, and you feel uh, joy, bliss, um, just a whole range of beautiful emotions and I know that's what helped me and alchemized and, and fixed all those negative emotions that I have you know and I did a wee live video recently and people would say to me do you come across very confident and then I'm thinking yeah you know this evolution of me as a person that kind of happened and I haven't really noticed so going from somebody who was shy and, and panicked and didn't want to talk to people and, and nervous and all of this so um, holding so much tension and I was bound so tightly to go on to be in something now that can go and stand and run events and stand and, and, and stand in my own power and, and what's the word talk to people and give links and the thing is it's so strange because see when I get up you just go into a whole different it's like zoning out a whole different mindset I when I'm looking out at that crowd I'm not even looking at the crowd I don't even see them I am a, I'm in the flow, like I kind of zone out of this reality, so to speak. And just, it just comes and it just flows and it, it's just so beautiful. It's like an evolution of me as a person. And that's what I really want to show people. That's what I want for anybody even in business, in their daily life who wants better relationships. See if you can alchemize your emotions where I went from being jealous, insecure, argumentative, you know, all these wounds that I carried from my childhood to being happy and content and grateful for no reason for life. So weirdest thing, I'll go to bed and I'll go, thank you, God, for life. I do believe people say, oh, God, you know, I mean God in the sense God is creation, God is the universe, God is higher power. To me, it's not a religious God, but... I mean, even, like, it sounds so strange, like, Pete, when I started to get into all this, and I would walk to work through a park, and it was, like, looking at the world with the freshest set of eyes. Like, I would be looking at the trees and the wind blowing between the trees and the leaves, and I would just think, my goodness, that is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Who even stops to take the time to look, to feel connected to nature? And what I'm saying is, if you want to go down this route, if you want to meditate, you will naturally start to feel amazing. Like, I'm just going with people. It's not about getting the car. It's not about, you know, going on holidays. See if you want to live with yourself feeling happier every single day. Then do that. And another, an offshoot of that with the meditation and the dedication there is I am really able to, my concentration skills are like laser focus, which I never had drunk, scanning, all that. See, now I can really focus. I can get it done. I'm driven. I'm perfectionist. I've been able to pick things up really quickly. That is a natural offshoot 
of meditation. I remember with the, for the kids, we were learning um, sign language. It's called Makaton that we use in, in the nursery. And I remember the lady going to me, oh, my God, have you done this before? And I'm like, no. It just naturally comes. So if you want to naturally upskill your mind, your happiness, your everything, start meditating. <laughs> start opening up to this because I, because I've seen such a, a benefit in my life and others, I literally want that for other people, genuinely. In fact, I feel like I want stuff more for other people than I do for myself because I've experienced it. I'm good. And I'm like everybody else here. Get in touch with yourself. See how good you begin to feel. Just curious on the meditation side. I mean, is that is that connected to the, you know, you talk about the beta, alpha, and theta. You know, <laughs> is it changing wavelengths in that fashion? Does it take you to a different level? Yes. Yes. So I would, uh, whenever I would meditate, for example, there's loads of different ways you can. I'll go quickly again through what one I do and I'll give you an options of some others. So I would just simply put on like um, nice meditation music, simple, no words. And I would just for an hour straight, I will not move. I'm very disciplined in that because you need to quiet that body down as still as possible. No matter if you're uncomfortable, I feel a bit of tension in my leg, my neck, blah, 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 whatever. I'm sneezing. I'm itchy. Let go of it all. Become determined not to move, right? So when you do that, the body stops reacting because it knows you're not going to play ball. So anyway, if you really practice that, you'll get it. I mean, you'll get it within minutes. Anyway, become super still. And I put on some gentle, you know, background music. And I just become really, really quiet. And as, and as the, a thought might float in, I'll consciously let that float out. I'll just go, oh, a thought, come in, go out. And, this, and I know a lot of people said this before, but the space in between gets very filled with just being, with just the now space. And also, I, I actually am just fascinated. I'm usually looking at the purples. The purple swirling going, mm, wow, that's beautiful. And what I've heard from other people when they meditate, they make it gold, they make it green, they make it all blue, you know, all these art colors. Everybody is different. So that's what I do personally. And I find that because I've practiced so much on letting those thoughts move through or not attaching to them, that I can very much, that has helped me upskill. That's been the benefit. There is, if you, if you really struggle or if, if you're starting meditation I would highly advise I used to start with guided meditations somebody talks to you takes you on a journey beautiful you're still learning you're still getting a great benefit but then there's like letting go of the training wheels and you move on to just maybe just nice music or silence and there's also mantras so you can just in your mind repeat a mantra whatever it may be you can look them up on YouTube for whatever purpose so there's a lot of different, and then there's mindfulness. So mindfulness would be just what I spoke of earlier of just noticing, oh, have a bit of a, an uncomfortable feeling in my leg. Oh, oh, just noticing. It's more about just noticing. Oh, I had a thought come in. Just noticing. Thought. Oh, sensation. Thought. Sensation. You're trying to detach from it completely. That's still a real benefit for your life. But the other one... Um, is more the first one that I do is more about getting in your own power and building that spiritual essence. So that's that's what I do, building the power. It's called sitting in the power. 
love it. So it's um, it's great to hear about you know the the intuition side of it as well. You know, and, and blaming yourself. I I mean I don't I suppose I don't mean to judge here, but I suppose I, I look at you know your timeline. You know, I'm seeing you know the two uh, suicide attempts. I'm seeing the you know the, the the background. I'm seeing the bullying. I'm seeing everything else, and then I'm looking and and hearing the person today. And it's almost I would almost fail to connect them at all. You know, had I had you not told me your story, which is an absolute compliment. And I'm I'm curious, you know, is that uh, is is that something that's just taking time? Is that something you've gone through? And do you connect to your past still? Um well well thank you. Thank you. That is that is a compliment, Pete. Um I feel like it was a lot of work of bit by bit building myself back up from the ground up. Um, I've said before, for your average person, it would not take them as long as, say, for example, I feel that it's taken me. But I, the person who I was, and not even, okay, that many sort of years ago when the spiritual journey sort of started, I don't recognize that person. The person that was willing to stay was somebody who was willing to you know, use violence or be controlling, that is so far removed because I I know my own power, I know my own sovereignty, I know my own worth, I know my own value now, but I didn't then. And that's what I want to say to people who have mental illness, people who have, and I'll go a wee bit into this um, that I shared before, people who have came from a, like a detrimental household. There is, there is, and I would just mildly caution people with this one, okay? I would mildly caution people about doing, if you've had a rough childhood, um, make sure you have good enough support behind you if you are going to do this ACEs score. So there's a score that you can take now, because obviously I work in a nursery school as well. We had social worker training, training to safeguard the children, and there is a, I think Vivian may have spoken of this, but there is a, a test that you can take, 10 questions, and if, you know, and it's called an ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experience. And if you score four out of more, out of 10, you have 460% more chance of, let me get back to it, um, hundreds, hundreds of more chance of physical um, issues, 460% more of mental illness, and 1,200% more of suicide. And I scored nine out of 10. So when I did this 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 test and I looked at it, it, it really it did it got to me, it upset me, and I went, was it really that bad? But it was, and I went, and I'm not going to who it was. There was there was a person made a comment to me, um, somebody that knew me from when I was a child, okay, and somebody that I would be would know now from from the future, somebody that's in a very prominent position in the community, shall we say. And they said to me, I remember when you were a child, I remember you at school, and I remember that you didn't have support. And I just wanted to say to you, I was worried about you. And I knew that whatever way she put it to me was, I just seen you soldiering on, and I knew you had no support, and I knew you were going through a lot of stuff. But I didn't get any help. Well, I wouldn't have wanted help. My life was planned out the way it should. But she went to me, and look at you now. And, uh, you know, 
And I've, it was just very bizarre for me. Because I'm speaking to her and I'm sure about the clinical hypotherapy and I wanted to run a certain class and blah, blah, blah. And we were chatting and she went back. I remember when you were a child and, and I, I remember watching you struggle. And I was like, oh. So sometimes I hear these wee things and it's a bit like, okay. It's like wee, wee reality checks, but I'm straight back to who I am. But it kind of hits home for me. You know, there is these children out there that don't have the support, not only the children, the teenagers, the adults, you know, mental illness. I just don't believe it's being treated in the correct way. That's my opinion, because there is elements of your past that you have to fear, or not, not fear, sorry, the opposite, that you have to go back and address because it's a bit like emotionally, if you sweep under that carpet and you sweep and you sweep, you're going to trip over that carpet at some point. And it has, not you have to, it's your choice, but it's your choice to let that build, but you will have to deal with that choice every day. Or it is your choice to go and see a professional and work with them and, you know, try and, not try, work with them to better your life. Well, that's very interesting. And it's, like I say, I'm just curious now, I mean, what, what's, what advice would you have for your younger self at, at certain key stages, you know, or, or lessons would you would you try and pass on there? I would. It, it would be definitely. It would be definitely messages of hope. You know, no matter what you're going through now, you will get through it. You can get through it. You do have worth. You do have sovereignty. Now I would have to explain what sovereignty meant to the younger self, but. You know, it would all be messages of no matter what anybody says, no matter what any do anybody does, you can't be somebody, you can't go somewhere. I'm not saying I'm any better than anybody else, but what I'm saying is, again, like Pat Slattery, when we're, I was listening to that conversation, we all have an innate mission, an innate gift, an ability, something that we can and should or would hope to share with the world. Every single person on this planet has that. And whether you tap into it, and you know, I would actually like to go the other way on the timeline because there's two different things I want to speak about, Pete. Do you know what actually breaks my heart? And this really does get to me. I work with people, I've worked with quite a, not quite a few, whatever, it doesn't matter, of, of, of say, ladies or Jensen, maybe they're 60s, mid-60s, mid-60s. And the stories they tell you, they're worse than mine. Anyway, but... The worst thing that I hear from them is I had a chance either to be happy or I had a chance to go a certain way. I had a chance to stick up for myself or follow my dreams and I didn't. And I've had a terrible life. And I, I, see, I swear to you, see when I hear that, it absolutely breaks my heart. And I'm, and I'm just looking at them going, you're getting to the end of your life thinking, my life's been a waste. I didn't follow my dreams. I didn't, and I it kills me. But um, and I'm just going to myself, right? Just, just, just keep doing it. Just keep focused. Just keep moving forward. You know, it's all good because I never want to be that person. And uh, I, I, I have such compassion for them. But when I hear that, it really kind of sticks it to me again. Listen, you have to grab your dreams and move forward with it and, and, and be determined and, and don't budge. And a little thing I'd like to say about that as well, because I do have such 
confidence in what I'm doing now and that unshakable self-belief and I've worked really hard for it. I'll give you this example because it happened really recently. I was really honoured to be working at Belfast Birchless Church. I was really excited and I was taking the, the inspirational talk and I was like, oh, really excited and was preparing really well and I had the talk down and there was two people quite close to me who I you know, really trust. And I says, can I give you some run through? Give them a run through and they went, it's terrible. Don't like it. Why are you over the top? Why are you flailing your hands around? Don't like it, right? And I went, that's okay. That's, that's all right. That's your opinion. No, I asked them. So, okay. And I went away and I went to bed and the little voice came to me and said, it's good. You're good. You're good, right? So, suffice to say, I went to the church. I did my talk. I felt it went really well. got great feedback. And that's what I want to say. My fire now burns at a point where even the closest people to me, for whatever reason, if they didn't like it, they didn't like it. That's fair enough. But that won't get in. I, you know, I'm just like, I have such conviction and belief in what I said, what I'm saying and what I'm doing. I'm not letting it, not that I'm not letting it. It didn't get in. You can pour that layer of conditioning or you can pour that water. It's not dampening my fire. And it didn't. And I was actually quite happy about that. I was like, hmm. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, belief in yourself, uh, you know, I think it's fantastic. You know, and, and well, as Pat and others say, you know, listen, what do you want to do? Attract criticism because you'll always get it. You know, yeah. everyone has an opinion, but yeah. is it adding value? You mm -hmm. know, it's uh, interesting. There's a saying that I quite like, and I think it may resonate with your counseling side, you know, saying your voids are your values. Or your voids can be your values mm -hmm. almost with the it sort of reminded me with your with your counseling side is saying you may have needed the counseling but not necessarily wanted to be the counselor and um, mm -hmm. i just you know that's something i don't know whether that resonated with you yes yes and, and i completely under understand and i just feel like if people were able to sort of tap into their own power then the need for going for readings, for example, the need for going for clinic, clinical health therapy, the need for counselling, that'll all lessen because if you can work with yourself and follow your own inner guidance system, you're going to have, you're going to make better choices and you're going to have less problems. So I'm not for just, I, I, it's not that I want people running to me for readings all the time. I really don't. It's not about that. It's about, it's about people building their own power now and, and where they're going forward. Saying that, I actually love a good reading myself, so I'm not, I'm not downgrading it at all. But people, if you just knew how powerful you were, if you just knew, and that's what I want for people. Why, why do people, I'm going to say fight it. I don't know if that's the right term. Why do people uh, question it or not lean in more? Do you mean in regards to the spiritual aspect or just the wrong person in general in society? I think, and it's probably on a couple of levels, it's, I think it's the spiritual side, but also just self-belief in general. Self-belief, well, this is... Uh... I think get into a hundred things, but I really don't believe that society is set up in a way to benefit people, 
you know, I've watched and done research and, you know, sort of look into the schooling system and it's all about, it was all about preparing people for the um, industrial age and, and to work in factories. That's what's the schooling, the current schooling system is about. There's not, you know, learning and memorizing and using logic and just memorizing stuff that's absolutely useful for your everyday life. Now, little elements that I see that are, um, you know, that have came in to say, for example, where I work is, well, not, you, you know, because repetition, repetition to that subconscious mind and the ages between children zero and seven, they're like a sponge and they take it straight in, is we won't say, don't hit, we'll say, use your gentle hands. Don't run, use your walking feet. So what I'm seeing for the next generation, that these seems like subtle changes are actually setting them up to be more empowered individuals as they move on. And I would highly, I always highly, um, like I'm a real advocate for creativity and using the imagination because if you have a problem later on in life and you can't think outside this left brain logic and reason, then you're going to run into some issues. So if you can use your logic and reason, okay, we all need it. But if you can also have that element of your creative thinking, problem solving, solution focused, then that's going to be a, a super benefit to your life because it's like everybody's, and it's not, not even in quotes, it's actually real. We're all victims of victims. So if there's something that's happened to us, it's not going to affect from people who were taught and taught for people who didn't know any better. I'm not here to play the blame game, but it's the way that we've been raised and conditioned from friends, family, and society is not for the, it's, it's like, no, you're not even primed for success. It's about go and get a simple job and you work and you have your life and then you just pass on. There's nothing teaching about goals and dreams and, and purpose and all of that. And I know that you and Pat had sort of talked about that as well. So for me then to see Pat's son, you know, and, and Donna Ashton come on and he's written a book and he's buzzing and he's no limits. And that's what it's all about. If we can instill this in our younger children now, they are going to have a better future. So along the way, I'm picking up the pieces of, the adults and the teenagers along the way here. But I think it's all to do with how society is run. And to be honest, I do feel like we're going in a better direction. But that's where we came from. And that's what it's about. And people trying to keep you small and people making comments. And, you know, I have had it myself. And, but it used to get to me. And it doesn't get to me now. Well, fair play. Can I ask, how, how do you learn? How do I learn? Mm. Well, as I, as I said, I, you know, a lot of personal development, but how I learn is there's two different elements of this. I, I do a lot of research. I love, you know, Aristotle, Plato, Socrates. You know, I love the real ancient stuff, ancient Greece, ancient wisdom, ancient Egypt, because these dynasties or, or these cultures, they have a lot of the answers to the problems in, in any era. So I do, you know, I do a lot of that and apply, you know, exercises and things and I play around with quotes and parables and I use it myself and what have I learned from this and I contemplate. But also my my spirit team, my spirit guides are my greatest teachers. Like 
I'll give an example. They will put words into my mind that I actually don't know the meaning of. They, you know, if I want to sit with them and if I want to blend as I'm meditating and I'll ask them to come forward, that I'll maybe write down a sentence or, or something. And a lot of the words are like really big words, words that I don't know or don't know the meaning of, and I'm able to look them up. And then it's like a message for me. So I've done that on and off for a lot of years, but my greatest teachers are actually my spirit team. It's not in this world. It's not out of a book. It's not, it's not that, although I do that. But the greatest stuff that I've learned is from my spirit team. Okay. Can you describe the spirit team as something I've never heard of before? Can, can you give us a bit of background? Yep. And I'm going to bring the woo-woo down to practicality. Um, spirit team, spirit guides, it all sounds a bit woo-woo and esoteric. But whenever you're born, in fact, before you're born, before you come into this life, you have what's called spirit guides. So they are a team of spirits who are tasked with join with you and sort of, that's a bit of a rough way of saying it, they sort of work together for like a game plan for your life, for what you want to learn from life. Say you want to learn compassion, say you want to learn a particular lesson, patience, compassion, romance, whatever it may be, whatever your purpose is in life. And they just will sort of, have a plan, have a strategy, but like the mastermind sessions, right? We're going to go here. We're going to do this. Um, but again, free will also comes into play. So you might have like a rough, a rough estimate of your life, but again, they're not going to want to take your power away. They're not going to, they can't tell you the sort of answers as to what to do. They only give you little tips and little bits of guidance and synchronicity is such a big thing. But going back to, you make like a, a like a plan for your life before you come into this life, and the majority of people have at least two. Most people go five, six, whatever, and they sort of you will always have a principal guide. This is now. This is all my experience. This is my belief. Other people might have a difference of opinion. I respect that, but I'm just going to share from my point of view. So you will have a main principal guide. And that guide will stay with you from birth to death, okay? Then you will then have other guides that dip in and out. So I, for example, I have friends or I know people who have set to be a psychic medium and then they'll have a real flair for art and then they'll start to paint these most gorgeous paintings where before that they would have had no prior um, knowledge of painting. So what then happens is a different guide sort of then comes for like a mild influence and might give them just a wee thought might pop into their head. God, I'm going to, you know, go and paint a painting today. And they might not know where that thought came from, but their guide like telepathically, it's like these mild prompts and they might just then, and then they'll become the most amazing artist. And then some people might go down the road of just being an inspirational speaker. Some people might go down the road of just being a really amazing poet and there's so many different facets and aspects. But for example, if I've been meditating, because obviously I've been doing this a lot of years, you would do a lot of exercises to connect to guides. And I'll just share a little bit about my guides. Not really his name or anything, so it's not very important. But when I was sitting in meditation in a class, 
I was very much aware of a male energy joining me. So it's a bit like if you had your eyes closed and you just felt somebody walking up and standing right in front of you. Now, if anybody's sitting anywhere, you'd kind of know if you get this innate sense of somebody's joined you, joined you. And then in my mind, I will see, to me, I saw an Egyptian with, with the guard, with, with the, the, the head thing and the, sorry, I don't know what to call it. And, you know, the, the cloth that looked like a skirt and he was just completely like an Egyptian. And they don't speak, he doesn't talk, but he sort of, he sort of just, my guide uses a lot of beautiful metaphor. And he, he you know, shared something along the lines of links in the chain, um, something about links in a chain, blending together, building, um, building bricks and rocks for people of, um, self-worth and self-esteem and I can't remember now but he went into all this beautiful stuff and sort of shares things but it's all like really high life advice it's all like inspiration it's all it's absolutely beautiful and another thing I'd like to just delve into because I do get this quite a bit when people ask there has never been anything that I've connected to when I've done this kind of work that has been negative or <clears throat> scurry, or fearful, or has said something really negative. Now, I have sat in classes where I have saw, for example, one of the other people say, oh, I saw a very nasty, dark figure, and he said this, that, and the other. And the teacher, the tutor, should, so to speak, they have the ability, because they've built it for so many years, to actually tune in with people. They can tune and dip in and out and see what everybody's experiences are, because, you know, they're like very highly advanced and they'll say that's not a bad or evil spirit that is your mind and your own fears are conjuring up an image because your psyche is still involved right but you need to learn to detach from all that so when people say they have these negative experiences I honestly believe and this is my opinion that that is that person's own fear it is their own psyche manifesting something negative that they've seen me personally, I've never seen anything like that. I've never experienced anything like that. And that's why I have the confidence to do what I do. Well, fair play. Makes a lot of sense. You, the very early on, you, you put Psychic K down, was it? As, a, as quite a significant uh, procedure you went through, is that right? Yes, Psychic uh, K. So I'll even explain a little bit of, uh, about Psyche. It, it is like a healing modality for your mind and negative self-beliefs. And I went through it with a wonderful lady and she worked with me on five main, yeah, five or six, whatever it was, negative self-beliefs. And so she would chat to me and we would discuss what my negative self-beliefs were, what I could change them to. And then I went through the process with her and that was the, like, the last thing for me to move forward and move forward with confidence and that unshakable self-belief and also to receive then abundance because that was always something that felt uncomfortable. I actually have been initiated into something similar, but it is different and it's called sovereign alchemy. That's another thing that I'm working with and that is to do with the exact same thing that kind of Mandy did, but hers is a different process. And it's all to do with changing those negative self-beliefs to positive ones. It's kind of like healing for the psyche. Yeah. Wow, that's good to know. Um, 
You mentioned there a while back, uh, you talked about sort of hero figures or significant people. Is there anyone, and you mentioned a guy, John Johnson, I think it was, if I remember rightly. Um, Is there anyone else that really stands out, you know, through your sort of journey? Yes, well, you know, I know that there was a lot of chaos and a a lot of stuff that I was discussing there, but there has also been some really significant people who have been such a benefit to my life. One of them, if I remember way back, was a teacher back in school. Actually, I think we were only about nine or ten. But he would actually give us riddles or give us, you know, these really hard questions that you had to work out. And I just absolutely loved that. I thrived on it. It was like something stupid, not stupid, but something really interesting, like, Oh, Mary, Mary and her mum have went to visit um, their dad in a set of uh, flats and they pressed number six, but Mary can only reach number three, but they got there in the end. I know that's not right, but it was just something like that. How did they get there? So it was really like, that was the first teacher that was sort of like, let's use your creative thinking here. Let's problem solve. Let me give you riddles. Let me give you problems. And you tell me what you think it is. And it wasn't about you're wrong and you're right. How did you come to your conclusion? And I was quite, we were quite young for that. And I just remember absolutely loving it. So there is that wonderful teacher, John Johnson. He's like a warrior of truth and integrity. And that man is so highly evolved. It's amazing. And he comes from such a good intentioned place. And another really significant person is a, a lady I sit in class with so she would be my tutor her name's Marie Fitzpatrick and when I had went through sort of the issues with somebody I'd trusted over the years and they'd said all this stuff to me that when I took the proactive step to move on I then started to sit in classes with this lady and I don't even I don't even have good enough words to say about this lady. She is so highly again highly evolved. She's so highly accurate. She is an amazing tutor. She is compassionate. She is caring. She wants you to do well. She looks after you in such a sense. So many positive different things. And I don't even know. But since my whole thing is so th- Life seemed to be going wrong there and I needed to make a proactive choice to leave that certain situation and that person. But when I did that, I was then brought into the fold of somebody who was amazing for me and building me up and and saying positive things. And I just went, that was the best, as much as that decision I made was hard and it hurt and it was sticky, that when I made that choice, the universe opened the door for somebody much better genuine I can't even think of good enough words any of her students will will give you a testament to this lady's and do you know what she's so humble she is the best medium I think I've ever seen the best psychic medium and she would get ruffled if you said that you know she's not one to put herself above anybody below anybody but to me she's just awesome so um, kudos to Marie yeah well fair play 
interesting, and I'm just I'm curious to know your take on this uh, about self-care. You know, and I've heard other people, you know, especially through counselling and when you're dealing with other people's energy and and just like, other people's opinion as well. How do you preserve yourself, and do you have to? Uh, yes, Pete. Very, very, very important. And I, what I have to say for myself, that is something that I've struggled with. I really have. And again, I do know that that is to do with childhood because I was very much go, 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 do, do, do. Um, I don't, it's like I don't have time to look after myself. You know, even when I was back studying, I'll give you a quick example. When I was back studying to be like the, the counselor, I would go from one job in the morning a morning job, to an afternoon job, to night school, and literally not have a break. I mean, I would be grabbing food and running from one place to the other. And it, I mean, it's not good for you. But I was just so determined that I was not going to give up, but it was going to develop itself. And what happened as of, obviously, with all this before this sort of happened, I was, you know, working in a nursery school, uh, I'm, you know, doing readings, I'm doing events, I'm, I'm offering people clinical hypnotherapy. And my life was just a whirlwind of like a workaholic. Three jobs, three different things, run, 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 go, 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 go. But then again, whenever it would get the summertime, it would be off in the summer and I have more time. And then I get quite bored. So I don't even know with me. I have to look at this a bit more and balance my time because I would rather put myself out and help somebody else to the detriment of my health. And that is something that I need to look at and that I need to address. And obviously I have the time now for more self-care and I am using that wisely. But I'm also quite busy as well, <laughs> still, now. So what I would say is I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this advice. I have to take this advice. Please know your limits, please. You see, this is the way I look at it. I'm out there trying to save the world and save the world. But you know what I mean? I'm out there, I want to get the information out. I'm trying to help everybody else. And I respect everybody out there as like a child of God. And again, you can say God, universe, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. But what I'm disrespecting when I'm not looking after myself, I am a child of God. I am the essence of the universe. And if I'm not respecting me, and you know, I need to be included in that. So... It's a balance. It's a balancing act. It is indeed, Pete. No, fair play. It's one thing I'm sort of getting, you know, almost, it's almost like, um, you know, on one side you talk about multiple jobs, uh, you talk about, you know, determination and things like that, and yet on the other side you're accepting things that um, unfortunately, you know, are, are were very bad for you, you know, and just not right. There's almost like there's two sides to the personality there, if that makes sense. You know, it seems to be almost a split. You know, one sort of wanting to further themselves and the other one didn't value themselves. Does, does that make any sense? It absolutely makes sense. And this is what happens with, say, for example, a childhood like mine. There is a lot of different stuff that goes on. There is like fractures in your personality. It's, I mean, I'm not saying I'm completely psycho or off, off the wall, but what happens is it's a coping mechanism. There is one side of the personality. Say, for example, when I was younger, there was, there was a side of my personality, and we all have different sides, that was very much um, like I, I'm the doer, I'm on top of things, I'm a perfectionist, I'm, gonna do, I'm doing really good at my schoolwork, 
and you know oh, like high achiever high achiever perfectionist I can't get anything wrong I can't say no to people and then on the other hand on the inside like almost like the inner child wounded no self-confidence no self-esteem so on the surface people will see somebody that's uh you know quiet or keeping their head down doing well at school perfectionist very responsible from a young age but on the inside it would be a whole mess of other things but as i've grown older for example now what serves me very well and my personality type is the determination is the perfectionist is the person that gets it done all of these things that i've had to struggle through from the grit and then on the other side of that is the not caring for yourself and not as important as other people stuff that you know, i'm not going to say i'm perfect i still have to work on myself constantly and go through different things i'm a lot better than where i was because i'm not abusing myself with alcohol anymore i'm not abusing myself with unhealthy relationships i've moved into a new arena of people friends places situations that are for a benefit for myself but the facets and the blend of the personality types are definitely still there well, can I ask, do you, do you like yourself? And do you love yourself? I do. I do. And I, I can honestly say that. And again, I keep harping back to your previous interviews with Pat Slattery. And I do think this is something that we need to move through. There is very much, whether it be the Irish mindset, I don't know, where if somebody wants to do well or if somebody's determined, then people mock them and people try and say things or who do they think they are. And what I just know is, I know my intentions. I know my intentions are so positive and so pure for other people that if some other negative people are saying stuff to me, this is one of the self-beliefs I worked on, Pete, was others' opinion of me is a reflection of them. So if somebody's coming at me with this negativity and trying to pull me down, that's what kind of person they are. Somebody's coming at me with compliments and positivity and wanting to build me up. That's what kind of person they are. So I had to detach myself from letting that stuff in and worked on it. And you know what? It did work. So I can confidently say I like myself. I love myself because I know where I, I know the place that I'm coming from. And it is all about helping people and all about building people up. And that's just how I live my life. You will not find me slandering anybody or pulling them down. What does that say about me? No, oh, fair play. Fair play. There's a lot to be said there. Um, I suppose the last few things, really. I mean, can I ask, what does fire in the belly mean to you? What's, what's your fire in the belly? Okay, so fire in the belly, well... Harking back to the infer in the belly means to be means to me, sorry, unstoppable, unshakable self-belief that no matter what kind of conditions or, or any kind of dampening that anybody tries to pour that gain, pours the water on that fire, it will never stop burning. Because it, it to me it's all about that that self-belief. And there's passion and there's drive and there's determination. There's every other amazing thing under the sun. But if it starts with your mindset and your self-belief, being positive, you can't go wrong. Mm. Love that. Thank you. So you were going to take us through a bit of a meditation exercise, I believe? 
Yes, absolutely. If and do you know what? See if this. I'm not trying to change any self beliefs. If you're curious, right? If you want to play along, play along. If you don't, that is grand. But even if you're a bit curious, why not? You might just um, you might just surprise yourself. We'll put it this way. So I'm just gonna pop on a little bit of music here. Um, I would just like to say, firstly, if you're driving, please don't do this exercise to get home. If you're not, you're all good. So I'm not sure if that's going to be very loud. It might be like in the background, but that's all good. So I would just ask anybody who's willing to participate and who's willing to listen, if you just want to sit yourself on a seat, Plant your feet on the ground if you can. Keep your, your back nice and straight, your spine and your head. Make yourself as comfortable as possible. Lightly set your hands on your lap in whatever way is comfortable. I'm just going to ask you to join me on a very short journey. If you experience something, fantastic. If you don't, Experience anything, fantastic, no judgment. So I'm just going to ask you to take in a long, deep breath in through your nose and count mentally to four. Just slowly exhale that breath. Letting all of your muscles relax and become still. Again, I'm going to ask you to take in a long deep breath in through your nose. Holding for four. Just letting go of all the tension in your body. Letting every muscle fiber and tissue become relaxed. And again, we're gonna breathe in through your nose. Hold for four. And just let out all the stresses or strains from the day. Let go of all tension and just let your breath find its own natural rhythm. The intention here at this moment in time is just for a short little message for yourself from higher guidance. It may be words, it may be a feeling, it may be an object, doesn't really matter. I'm just going to ask you. Just follow my voice, going deeper, five, with each number down, deeper, relaxed, four, and three, relaxing more and more, two, deeper and deeper, one, and that's good. I want you to imagine now, and it's important to understand that some people are very visual and they can make very clear pictures in their mind. Other people can't. They just get an impression of what's going on. But we can all imagine. 
And I want you to imagine now that you're standing outside your own front door, your very own front door and whatever way it is that you perceive. I'm going to ask you to, in a moment, open the door. And when you do, behind that door is going to be a beautiful, majestic forest. So open the door now and step through. And imagine yourself in this majestic forest. You may hear the animals. You may hear birds singing. You may feel moss or grass on your feet. You may feel a gentle breeze in your face. Whatever your experience is, is perfect for you. And I want you to just imagine in your mind a little path. And this path is coming up to a very large tree. And this tree is the tree of knowledge. So you can just imagine that in your mind now. There's a little path leading. And there's the tree of knowledge. And what I'm just going to ask you to do is make your way there now, just experiencing all the senses that you can. The breeze, you might smell moths or the trees, animals in the background. Make your way along this path. I'm just going to ask you now to sit in front of this tree. And the intention here now is for you to experience your own message that is perfect for you at this time. It may be words, it may be a feeling, it may be an object, doesn't matter. So sit down there now and I'm just going to give you a little moment to have your experience before we go back. So sit there in front of the tree, just in front of the tree, and I ask you to put out your intention. What do I need to know at this time? And just sit there and have your experience. I'll be back in a moment. Wow, thank you. Had a slight interruption there, but um, powerful. Thank you. So you know, it's it's been an absolute delight to learn so much, and um, you know I can really tell that you've so much to give, and it's interesting as well. Uh, I was trying to pin down, you know, you come across as kinesthetic. I mean, I, I I sort of haven't got the terms quite right, you know, but you, you cover a lot of the senses as well. You know, you you talk about your sense, your sight, you talk about the touch as well. So interesting as well that you have quite a diverse sense of senses. Yeah, and and as people begin to work and melt them together, it all it all comes together and it all becomes stronger. And you know, as we were just finishing up there, I did I just shuffled a little card um, for yourself for the podcast and the sort of intention of where that's going there, Pete. And oh, I'll try and hold it up to the camera as best I can. I'll read out what it says, but you sort of get there. There's like a female furry and she has her she has her wings open now what this is in ace of earth and what it says is the info of abundance a promise in business venture important documents or contracts but what i want to say about that this is all about you know this is my entrepreneur card it's all about 
And again, you know, I know I've spoke here strongly about sovereignty and it's about taking that power into your own hands. And she absolutely has it there. And it's sort of shown me the magic. It's she's holding like a staff with the um with the ball on the top and it's all green and gold. So to be honest, Pete, I think this fire in the belly, where you're heading and where you're going. It's definitely for success because this is my success card when I get this. And I actually, I know, I'll be honest with what I know about you. I know that you're obviously involved with property and stuff, but there is stuff there to do with property, whether that is investments or more investments, and it feels like a significant project there. So keep, a, keep your mind out to that. And this, again, feels very positive. If there is any mild cautions and cards, I do give it, but this is not where this is going. You know, if you look at even the colours as well, see the fire and the, the burnt ember and the reds and the oranges. I mean, it's literally all there. It's, and she's got lovely long red hair. It's a very fiery sort of card. So positivity, success, going in the right direction, abundance, and this is the sort of elements of this card. So it's funny that we both got an earth card. They're the entrepreneur cards. Interesting. <laughs> Amazing. Wow, fair play. Thank you. Thank you for that. It's um it does resonate, so it's it's good to know that I'm on the right the right path. Yeah. So tell me this, what uh what's the best way that people can reach out to you and what have we got to look forward to from you? So I, I see, um, I passed on the links, I think you did, where they can contact me, I see Tear Psychic Medium on Facebook, I see Tear Therapy on Facebook. Um, have been more working, I'm also sorting out, it will be more up and running and more videos on it, I'm sorting out my, it's called Sovereign Spirit on YouTube. So I have a couple of few videos on there, I have a lot more to edit and get on, and that you can contact me, that would be sort of the best way. You know, there's lots of, I've been more used to working in person with people and doing events. And then now that we're all in the online, I'm obviously having to take this a wee bit more seriously. So you can contact me on either of those, um, you know, the, the online on the Facebook pages. And yeah, that's where you can find me. Also stuff coming up from me. I am putting a course together, getting in touch with your own spirit, intuitive abilities, exercises, and also meditations and personal development. There's lots of stuff there because we need to get in touch with ourselves before we look anywhere else. That's how I feel. Absolutely makes total sense. Well, I mean, they do say the power is within, so, you know, why not help to bring that out? Makes so much sense. Ashley, it's been an absolute pleasure and a blast to have you on. It's lovely to hear your journey and where you're at today. And uh, I just know there's going to be some great things for you. So I thank you for sharing what you've shared so far. And I look forward to hearing more in the future and see where you go to. So well done and thank you. You're so welcome, and Pete. I look forward to your Fire in the Belly podcast because I think it's awesome. It's inspirational. It's hearing people's stories. It's all what I'm about. I love to listen. And, you know, you're giving that platform for people to share their ups, their downs, the good, the bad, and the inspiration and motivation. So thank you. I'm happy to be a part of it. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Ashley. Take care now. Thanks, Pete. Bye. Bye. Well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. You know, this really wouldn't be possible without a great guest taking the time to share their personal journeys. And boy, boy, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that the people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us, 
so we can share their journey, lessons and successes. So, all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly, and be the mightiest version of you.